Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends. It is Simon Miller here, the bald a-hole. If you are still a subscriber to the Pro Wrestling Show, you're like, where have you been? (laughs) It just happens with this show. I'm not even going to bother you with the excuses. Um, A lot has gone on over the last few months, a lot of which I can talk about very soon. I mean, I did talk about a lot of it on a recent video. Again, if you go to YouTube and search for Simon Miller, uh, watch my, uh, what do I call it? You won't believe what happened to me. I basically got diagnosed with a bunch of allergies and a bunch of food intolerances, and I've had to change my entire life. And it's been super hard and super difficult. And I don't want to go on about it anymore because, again, I don't want it to be a wah, wah, woe is me situation or anything like that. Still could have sat down and recorded a podcast for an hour. But um, there is something else. And yes, I don't know when I can talk about that. So I'll stop teasing. It's like when you go on Facebook and someone goes, oh, it's such a bad day. And someone replies, go, what is it, hun? They go, can't talk about it. You're like, why Why did you bring it up? And that's exactly what I've just done. So somebody should absolutely throw me out of the window and kick me to death. But I did think this was a good time. What a date it is today, 8th of August, 2023. We're a couple of days removed from SummerSlam. We're a few weeks away from All In in AEW. And there's just loads to chat about. There's loads to talk about, as there always is in professional wrestling. But I think the coolest thing that has happened since we last chatted. It's just everything is going in the right direction. I know that people on the internet want to moan about ratings and the demo and who knows what else. But as a man that has watched professional wrestling for a very long time, it does feel exceptionally cool in all different areas. Like, it just does. AEW selling basically 80,000 tickets at Wembley Stadium, I think, is incredible. WWE selling over 50,000 tickets for SummerSlam. I mean, there was a time when... You could argue maybe the Royal Rumble, the SummerSlam, was the second biggest pay-per-view for WWE. But they have so much momentum right now that all they have to do is say we're running a pay-per-view and people go. I know they announced 60,000, but I think that legitimately they sold around 50,000 tickets. And the fact that they did that for the Royal Rumble, obviously they did mega numbers for WrestleMania. They've already sold out Survivor Series, which I think is over 20,000. I remember a time when getting to 10 would, you know, would be relatively difficult. And Raw and SmackDown are selling out constantly. NXT ratings have gone up. And I don't know whether you watch AEW Collision, but that's a great show. Even Rampage has improved. So if you want to get bogged down the little stuff, I say more power to you. You're allowed to treat and approach professional wrestling however the hell you want. Who am I to tell you otherwise? But I'm a man that very much likes that word, wrestling. And like, take the collision thing. I didn't mean to start like this, but we're here. I think it's because I see the, the discourse on the internet so much and it annoys me a bit. But Collision this week did under 400,000 viewers. I can't remember. It was 300,000 something and a 0.11 or whatever it was in the demo. And there are this contingent, you know who they are, maybe you're listening to this, and again, you're allowed to do whatever the hell you want to do, who act like, oh, the sky is falling, this is the worst thing ever. And they actually take sort of pleasure in the fact that a company is doing badly, which I find totally surreal and and totally weird. And that's probably something that we shouldn't do, because I just think that's such a negative Nancy attitude to have. But I mean, it stands to reason why it was so low. It turns out that there's a bigger crossover between Collision and WWE than we realized. And people were much more into the pay-per-view premium live event, as you would do. Whereas Collision, they could record and watch it at a later date. But also, why do we need to worry about these statistics and numbers? I like looking at them because I think they're interesting. But ultimately... 
it's the shows that I enjoy. And I thought SummerSlam was fantastic. I thought Collision was fantastic. I like everything we're setting up for Wembley. I mean, it sounds like we're going to do CM Punk and Joe. Maybe you can throw Ricky Starks and Jay White in there. We've got FTR versus the Young Bucks. We've got MGF versus Adam Cole in a babyface match. And I'm sure someone's going to go bad in that. So you're going to get a bit of an angle, which probably will then tie into uh, All Out the week later. And I get that it's weird. Weird's not the right word. I get that it's unfortunate that we have um, these two pay-per-views back-to-back. My guess would be is that All In was not meant to be a pay-per-view. My guess would be it was meant to be on TV or it was meant to be on some kind of a streaming service, but these things didn't come together. But if we can tell an amazing story that culminates at the end of All In, and then we get to Dynamite, we spark off some stuff, and then it builds to All Out. Look, I get it, man. Who the hell can spend $100 on a pay-per-view? Two pay-per-views in seven days. But I do think there's a way to generate interest. And I do think there is a potential looking away from financials to do something quite exciting and to do some amazing storytelling. Because again, when the hell do you ever get two pay-per-views back to back like this? So I think it's been a great few months. I think by now, WWE has justified the fact not giving Cody Rhodes the championship at WrestleMania 39 because Cody Rhodes right now is more over than ever. And the bloodline story ticks along. And that is where we're going to start today as well. I'll probably title up the video something like this because it is the... uh, It is the talking point. I was kind of surprised that so many people were, one, shocked by the Jimmy Uso turn and also saw it as the bloodline jumping the shark. Now, what I think has happened here is people have decided, oh, Jimmy's just going to go back to Roman Reigns and acknowledge the tribal chief and we're going to sort of uh, skip back a few months. Now, we don't know that. And I know on Raw, that's what it was sold as. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think this is the Uso separating themselves from the narrative as it's been told much in the same way at one point you couldn't imagine Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens not being involved but they've shifted away too now whether or not they're in a better place or not that's a different argument for a different day but Jimmy and Jay's story with Roman Reigns is done we know that Jimmy doesn't like Roman because he booted him in the face we know that Jay doesn't like Roman because he sided with Jimmy so now they can go tell their story which I assume culminates at WrestleMania 40 which is awesome I think that's great, not only because I like it as my own fan, but also because I know for a fact I've seen the interview with Ariel Hawani. That's what they've always wanted to do. And you can call me an idiot and you can call me a moron, but sometimes I like to remember that these are human beings and the fact they're going to be able to get to live out their dream match, well, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. ProWrestlingTees.com, Forza Simon Miller, cheap plug. Patreon.com, Forza Simon 3162, cheap plugs all over the place. But I I don't think that Jimmy Uso is all of a sudden going to go back into the bloodline. I think he will tell Roman to go flub himself. I think, again, Jimmy and Jay will get into it. I think Jimmy has a perfectly reasonable explanation for this, given everything that Jay said to him last time. Like, you're the prom king, man. You're this, blah, blah, blah. You, I'm the tribal chief. You never wanted to be the tribal chief. All right, nice, simple. I did want to be the tribal chief. You stole it from me, you son of a gun. And as you said, I've never been second. So how the hell did you think I was going to take this? And then, yeah, we're we in now August. I mean, if you can do that, September, October, November, December, January, very much eight months, man, that's quite difficult to take it all the way there. But maybe you can do three matches. I mean, that's probably the way to do it, to be honest. Jimmy can win one, Jay wins one, and then Jay wins the final one at WrestleMania. We get some stipulation stuff in there. And at WrestleMania, because I'm still convinced it's going to be Cody versus Roman and Roman loses, and Cody finally gets the championships because Roman will be alone by then. You know, Paul Heyman will have gone. We would have done the Solo Sokoa stuff. I imagine the Raw Rumble. So the ultimate um, final nail in the coffin is him losing his belts and we give it to Cody. Then I say bravo. And I do genuinely think this is one of the best stories ever. People don't like saying that because 
it's almost like the opposite of recency bias. People are like, oh, you've forgotten about the mega powers or you've forgotten about this and that. No, I remember all of them. I just think it's up there with it in the sense that I look forward to seeing it every single week. And as always, it's a boring argument now. The mega powers imploding was amazing, but they did benefit or not benefit, depending on how you approach storytelling, from not having to do it week to week because that's not how wrestling was back then. We had our big events and that's where we told our, we told our stories. So... I think it's twofold, really. The fact that WWE has been able to keep this up for as long as they have, I think is genuinely awesome. But also, you can't, you do have an excuse in many ways because there is so much TV and you are doing it 52 weeks a year. Then, yeah, sometimes it's not going to work and sometimes it is. Now, I actually think 99% of the time it does work. And again, I liked what we did at SummerSlam. But even if there is a fumble, all right, you're allowed to fumble. You've done it for three years. It's not an issue. But I do think it should wrap up WrestleMania 40. And I think WWE are aware of that too. Although saying that, you could probably turn Roman face after WrestleMania and then he gets that run too, but it shouldn't be involved with the bloodline. I mean, you can get him back with his boys if you want. That's not a problem. But he should then be on the other side of the fence and WWE finally gets to do what they wanted to do for like <laughs> 10 years. And they can celebrate and go, well, we knew what we were doing. It's like, well, did you or did Roman really have to sit you down and say, listen, we're heading, we're heading in the wrong direction. But I'm still super intrigued to see where it goes. And we started doing all the teases with Solus Sokoa, obviously. We did the spot at the... Um, in the main event where Roman essentially got, you know, speared through Barry Barricade because Soda was looking at him. And as we know in pro wrestling, if somebody looks at you, this is the worst thing, the worst thing of all time. So I, I, I really like where, where we're going with this. I think Friday will be a huge uh, eye-opener in terms of what we are going to do next. And I think that's totally cool. Like, again, even if they do something that I don't personally like, I am but one person. And I imagine there will be another individual out there that's well into it and more, and more power to that person too. But... There was a rumor that's going around. I think Dave Meltzer, I mean, a rumor. Dave Meltzer said it as if it was fact. Apparently, Roman got hurt in the um, in the tribal combat match. I don't think it's going to make any bit of a difference because I can't imagine he's wrestling till Survivor Series. I mean, most people are getting so... This is why you've always got to take stuff with a pinch of salt because people are getting mad and go, oh, man, I can't believe Roman Reigns isn't going to be on TV for months. And then WWE is always going to be TV Friday. Now, I'm sure he'll take a massive hiatus after that. But I think sometimes we just need to let these things um, fall into our laps and then we can react to them. There's no point setting your level of expectations and then disappointing yourself, which again is something that everybody does on the internet. That's just a very 2023 thing. But overall, I thought SummerSlam rock top to bottom. I think Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar was my favorite match. And I get it. There wasn't really a story for the whole feud, but there was a story in that match, which is Brock is going to kill you, but Cody wouldn't give up. And given his response on, on Monday Night Raw, I, I think it's worked pretty damn well. I thought the three-way for the women's title was good. I enjoyed the fact that we didn't do the usual one person out, two people fight, one person out, two people fight. Although the flip side to that is some of the three-way creative spots we tried to do. Well, they didn't land as well as I'm sure they wanted to, but I still enjoyed it. And I loved the finish with Bianca winning and then EO Sky taking off her because there's a feud we can do. Who doesn't want to see Bianca Belair versus EO Sky? I can't even remember what else was on there. I liked Shayna versus Ronda. I know I've been yelled at all weekend because of this. I'm not saying that it translated well to a live crowd. I wasn't there. I'm not saying watching it on TV at home wasn't like, man, the fans do not care about this. But I mean, look at Shayna's face on Raw, right? They whooped each other's ass. And I just appreciated getting something different because there is so much resting on television. If you can go out there and just you know, kind of shock and, and, and trick my brain in any sense, I'm going to be on board with it. So I thought that was good. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre will never be bad. Honestly, I love that so damn much. And Logan Paul versus Ricochet. Logan Paul doesn't make any sense to me. We all know that Ricochet is, uh, is you know, is one of a kind and will probably go down. I think when he walks away, we'll actually realize how, how amazing he was. But Logan Paul is just something else. It's his fourth, fifth match. He gets better and better and better. 
you know, even if you did something crazy and, you know, having win the Royal Rumble and even a world championship, I actually think you could get away with it. People like to compare this to David Arquette in WCW. Like, oh, yeah, look what we did. If David Arquette was having matches like Logan Paul was in late 90s WCW or early 2000s, nobody would have cared. <laughs> it would have been totally fine. Now, I'm not saying that I want that. I'm just saying that I would um, I would understand. And if there are any other matches, I've, I've, I've totally forgotten about it now. So so, so more for me. But I, did, I, I do think tribal combat went too long. I absolutely would have tried to shave some time off it. I also would have liked to have seen Rhea versus Raquel and Brit, um, Brit and Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch. But it did go over four hours, and I thought SummerSlam was way too long. I would have taken half an hour less. So it's kind of different. Oh, of course, we had the Battle Royal, too. I mean, the Battle Royal was just fun. It kind of got more than 15 minutes, surely. And we did the right thing, which is LA Knight winning. And man, that LA Knight stuff has been... People forget how important the power of the pop is, because now... You almost go to a show because you want the LA night to hit and you get to cheer with everybody else and everybody gets to have that rush of emotion. So I don't see it dying anytime soon. I actually thought the, uh, the the fallout to it on Raw with The Miz, everyone likes to crap on The Miz and that was kind of what his promo was all about. But you can do a mini feud with The Miz, give LA Knight a win, allow him to sort of explain who he is, where he's come from, where he wants to go, which is what we did do on Raw. And obviously The Miz did the same. And I think it all depends what's next. I mean, at the moment, everybody's taken up anyway. You know, he's not going to go after the US title until that's sorted out. I know he's on Raw, but he's a SmackDown guy. So I don't think he's fighting for the Intercontinental Championship. He's not in the main event picture. So let him do well against The Miz, then go after a mid-card championship. And then you can get to 2024. And again, maybe he can win the Raw Rumble. And maybe we can give it a go. And maybe we can give it a world championship and see if he sinks or swims. And if he sinks, it doesn't matter. Because it's a wrestling show and we have a, literally another program a couple of days later. And if you need to change direction, you can. But I think it's really cool to see someone who was, as he said, scratched and clawed for so many years, finally get their due. And I don't care about the age thing. This is the other thing that Twitter loves to talk about. Oh, this guy's 38 and this guy's 40. Oh, they're so old, yeah? And one day we're all going to be old too. So maybe it's good. There are opportunities for people this age. That's not like we're not pushing young people. Look at Dominic Mysterio. Look at Rhea Ripley. I can't imagine Raquel Rodriguez is that old. Liv Morgan. So, you know, there are people on the roster that, um, and, and then there's more coming too, like Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller has Superstar written all over him. I hope we do something huge with him. I think Omos is quite young. I would turn Omos babyface. I've chatted to Omos a couple of times and I've seen him in interviews. I don't, I don't think he's cast in that. I think he's big because he's got to be a mean giant, but he's not a mean giant. He's a lovely man. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So almost do what we did with Kurt Angle, right? He can be silly and fun outside the ring, but then he gets in the ring and again, he's seven foot one or whatever and he whoops your ass. So I would like to see more of that. But uh, yeah, loved SummerSlam. Loved everything we did on, on Monday Night Raw. Uh, very excited to see what we do with Shayna Baszler. Obviously, she's been injected into the Becky Lynch and Zoe Stark stuff. I think Zoe Stark is doing really well. Becky Lynch is, is always good. And of course, at the end of the Raw, we had Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura taking over for an injured Sami Zayn. And if you've seen that picture of his elbow, I do believe this is a real injury, which is super sad because it means Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are now injured. But hopefully they won't be out too long because, well, they're just great and you want them on the show. Taking on the Judgment Day, again, another group is absolutely killing it right now. This is the true joy of WWE. Of course, it was set off by the bloodline angle, but it's all rolled downhill. I do agree with Seamus. I don't know whether you saw his comments the other day where he said everybody needs more of a story. They do, but I do think they're starting to develop as we're seeing in front of our eyes. But, you know, the good guys win after Finn Balor screws up with the briefcase again. So there's another narrative, the stuff between Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Oh, my gosh. I didn't talk about Seth versus Finn at SummerSlam, which was the second best match. Goes to show how much idiot I am. But I, I mean, I would have had Finn Balor one win. But I don't think it matters that he doesn't, especially because now we've set up Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. 
Now, in no world is Shinsuke Nakamura going to become the world heavyweight champion. I will tell you that right now. I will bet all my hair on it, right? He is not going to win that match. Not today, not tomorrow. Unless Damian, unless they do the thing with Damian Priest, right? That's the only way. Damian Priest screws over Seth Rollins and then he cashes in just to create somewhat of a, a story, I suppose. But I think that's unlikely would be, would be my gut reaction. But the fact that we get Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura for a championship, this is the kind of things I want to see because if we do get to payback, and maybe the matches aren't as marquee as they were for a SummerSlam. Well, that's kind of what I expect. Because on paper, payback is a B pay-per-view anyway. Or premium live event. Excuse my French. How dare I talk about such things. So I think it's the right time to do it. And you do have this cast of characters. And there's no point in having them just sort of tread water for a while. Every now and then, I think they should be pushed up. And they should be coming down. And given that, you know, I don't think that we're going to get a Nakamura title match at a Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, a SummerSlam, or WrestleMania. So yes, let's do it on the other shows. It means I get, when's payback? In like a month. It means I get four weeks worth of TV with Shinsuke and Seth Rollins going at it. That can't be bad. And if they're given time and they're given the leeway to do so, that match will absolutely be awesome. And now we can segue into this stuff with JD McDonough, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest. I kind of have a feeling that JD McDonough might actually replace Finn Balor in Judgment Day. Which is kind of weird because I thought Damian Priest may turn face. You know what? You could do it both ways. It depends. Either Damian Priest or Finn Balor is going to become a good guy. And I think it depends on what you're going to do. I mean, it's easier to keep Damian Priest as the heel because, you know, if a heel cashes in, it's kind of cowardly and cheap. But I really like this Finn Balor character. Although Finn is super popular right now, which is why a lot of people were disappointed he didn't win the championship on Saturday. So I like this too, though. I like that there's all this discourse. And I think going back to the Jimmy Uso thing, that's why I mean, it's a shame that we can't talk about it because people would just yell at you. But what I do massively enjoy is that there is the opportunity to... I think we have to start treating WWE... I mean, we should have always done this. But WWE especially, I think, needs to be treated like a TV show. So sometimes in a TV show, there's a swerve, there's a twist. A character shows their true intentions. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Like, spoilers coming. Look at The Last of Us and the end of Last of Us when Joel truly reveals how selfish and screwed up that he is. I mean, that's one of the best things about playing that game is that usually you are in control of the character. Whereas Naughty Dog were desperate to tell you, no, you are, you know, you're in control of his movements. But in terms of his morals and the way he sees the world, he is going to do things that maybe you don't want to do. And that's why I think it's a 10 out of 10 experience. I think they translated that across to the TV show absolutely wonderfully. And WWE is doing the same things now. So I'd much rather have these interesting talking points, even if they don't necessarily work for me as a, uh, a storytelling mechanic. Because really, when there is so much on television, I'm repeating myself now, there's no point doing the same old, same old all the time. Even though WWE kind of does do that. So I liked it a lot, all of it. And again, by the, by the time Raw had ended, I mean, if you haven't seen Ups and Downs today, I think this would go up on Tuesday the 8th, like I say, go to What Culture Wrestling and check it out. And again, another small spoiler, I couldn't find any downs. Some people go, oh, you're too positive. I mean, that is the point of the show. It's meant to be somewhere to go where we can just celebrate wrestling. But I'll always give a down. I'll always try and find downs because I think it's good for balance when you just have a, 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 a you know, well, I just think sometimes you don't want to be overly, um, I'll say nice, that's wrong. You know what I'm trying to say. But there was nothing. There was nothing. No matter which character we chose, I was like, I think that's a good thing to do. Even that four-way, Chad Gable versus Tommaso Ciampa versus Ricochet versus somebody else. Why well, can't I remember who it is? They're really good. Anyway, the fact that Chad Gable won that, I was like, yeah, brilliant. We're in his hometown. We did that 10-minute challenge or five-minute challenge, whatever it was last week with Gunther. And given that Gunther is going to break the honky-tonk man's record in a month's time, 
I mean, I, I do think Gunther should beat that championship. I think you run the risk of, if, if Gable did do it beforehand, I think 50% of people will be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But I think you may rub some people up the wrong way. And given that we can have our cake and eat it here, that's what we should do. So let Gunther beat the record and then let Chad Gable beat him in Survivor Series. I mean, why the hell not? I don't know if we're going to do title versus title or whatever. But at the moment, that's Austin Theory versus Gunther. Not interested. <laughs> Don't want to see it. Even if Santos Escobar wins it, Santos Escobar versus Gunther doesn't interest me as much as Chan Gable versus Gunther. So, you know, I, I absolutely hope that we carry on with that too. And the best thing about if Gunther does beat the record, it doesn't matter that he loses because we've done what we used to do back in the day. We've used the Intercontinental Championship as a as a stepping off platform. And he could easily shift into the main event and no one's going to go, well, that's not realistic because he just lost. He'd be like, no, he went on this amazing two-year tear or whatever it was. And, and he's totally smashed it. It would also make me laugh if it's Gunther that beats the honky-tonk man's record. I mean, you couldn't have two polarizing figures. On the one hand, you have the honky-tonk man who decided, well, I want to be successful. In, and look, it worked. So there. But I want to be successful in wrestling. So I'm going to pretend to be Elvis. <laughs> that's why I love wrestling. Goofy wrestling for life. ProWrestlingTees.com. And you have Gunther, obviously, who's the most serious. This title is prestigious. I consider this a sport. You know, don't 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 mess around with me. But uh, yeah, I liked I liked all of that. I like what Maxine Dupree's been doing. I like that Otis is a good guy again because that was just absolutely redonkulous. Don't know what we were thinking there. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, all, all, all good all around as far as I'm concerned. And the very sad news, of course, is that Sonya Deville got injured, which means Chelsea Green and um, her are going to have to give up the women's tag team championships, and they are cursed now. I don't, th- I don't think we can debate this. I mean, it screwed over Sasha Banks and um, and Bailey. It screwed over who was the other person it screwed. I mean, it's so Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler that didn't work out. They were meant to win them and they didn't. I mean, the Iconics. We know what happened to them. Just so many people touch these things, and and it, and it all goes bad. And I hope that we continue to feature Chelsea Green on TV. I'd like it to be with Sonya, but it's her ACL, so she's probably going to be out for like six months. All the best to her, too. That's the most important thing. Wrestling doesn't matter when you get injured. These things are are far more important. But I just love the team. I thought it was different. I was enjoying them. And they made me laugh. And as you know, that's my favorite thing uh, in professional wrestling. There's also another report that apparently Nia Jax is returning to WWE. I don't have a problem with this. Uh, so many people have said horrible, horrible things. And look, I know she has some controversial views, but I can only judge somebody on the way they treat me. And I have interviewed Nia Jax twice, and she's the nicest person ever. She honestly goes out of her way to be super kind to everyone, and I've seen this in person. I know people oh, she injures people. Wrestling ain't that simple. As a man that does it... um, Sometimes things just go bad in wrestling and trying to, I'm not saying that, you know, if, if people are, I'm not saying Nia Jax did this or not, I'm talking about it in general here. If people do keep getting injured, of course you need to approach it and try to figure it out. But sometimes I think we cast aspersions and we forget how difficult this thing is because it is hard. Like I'm not a tremendous professional wrestler. I'm okay. I think probably more the character thing is where I don't want to say I excel at. That's way too much. But maybe that's where my my sort of remit is a little bit more. But I'm not going to jump on stuff like that. If she comes back and we come up with a good idea, maybe with the Women's Tag Team Championships, make her the Women's Tag Team Champions. <laughs> Why the flub not? And um, a quick note as well. It's been awesome seeing NXT grow these last few months. I love the fact that Baron Corbin's down there. I love everything that Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio were doing. Uh, Nathan Fraser is absolutely ridiculous. I think Kamala Hayes' champion is awesome. Bron Breaker should be called up. Tiffany Stratton. Do you know what I mean? There's so many people doing good things. And I barely touched on 
you know, hardly any of the characters. And I know it's goofy and I know it's weird, but I like the fact they take risks. And I suppose they can take risks because they're quote unquote the third brand. So they're not sort of tied into the usual WWE tropes as you have to be. But that's why I think that it's worked. And of course, sending main roster members down there. But no, I've absolutely loved it. As I have the whole Dominic Rhea, Rhea Ripley thing. That if we keep that going and we get that right, ah, oh, I tell you, they can be superstars for years. So we're uh, shifting over to AEW. I suppose the biggest thing to talk about is the fact that Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and the Young Bucks re-signed. This sent some people into meltdown, as always. I want them to be happy. <laughs> it's their life. And I'm sure they're making a bunch of money and more power to them. Like, would it have been awesome if they jumped to WWE? Of course it would have been. Because look what happened with Cody Rhodes, right? No one could believe it. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. But it's also fine that... They're staying more than fine. It's great that they're staying in AEW. I want to see them there. There's still a bunch of matches we haven't done. I don't think we've ever done Kenny Omega versus Ricky Starks. I would like to see that. So I always think that AEW, there'd be a huge hole if those four guys, those four guys left. And they like the freedom. It's a lesser schedule. They get to do stuff with New Japan, which we know is massively important to someone like Omega. So I think it's a lose-lose. And I think this is why it's great we have two companies that can pay a lot of money to wrestlers. Because whether you stay, that's awesome for me. I'm going to watch AEW. And if you jump, that always hits reset on your character a little bit and it creates a buzz. Once again, look at Cody Rhodes. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all fine with this as long as they're happy and got smiles on their faces. And I actually think, you know, p- putting on my AEW clap, cap, I'm glad they stayed. I think they'll help that company and I think they'll they'll help grow it too or continue to help grow it it would be awesome if they could get on the same page with cm punk but again i think we forget about the personal side of this maybe matt and nick jackson or whoever else are super upset about it and that must have happened to you at work that you get on with someone in your office and there's a falling out and you can never really find the um that relationship again so many people go oh it's business they just find a way to make money it's like man why are we taking the human element out of it again I'm not saying that you're not correct. You absolutely are. But put yourself in that position. Let's say they're really upset with CM Punk, like genuinely mentally scarred from what happened. They shouldn't do a program with him to appease nerds like us. That's ridiculous. It's not important. I want it to happen. I think it'd be amazing. And I think it would light a fire under WWE, AEW that we haven't seen in ages. But not at the expense of the human being. Uh Uh-uh. No way. Nah, nah. (laughs) To To quote LA Knight. So... I think this will be good. I think this will be this will be awesome. And look, talking about CM Punk, I think whatever work he's putting into Collision is absolutely fantastic. There's been three or four episodes. Every single one has been a banger. I love the opening promos. I love the real world title. I love everything that FTR has been doing. The Ricky Stark kill turned to me. He's so much better as a heel. I liked him as a face, but he's so much better as a heel. Some people, some people just are. I like that Miro is back, although he needs a proper feud. I'm a bit confused about that. Um, who else? The House of Black stuff, Andrade. Do you know what I mean? Even the Chris Statlander stuff. I hope we make that the home of the TBS title and start building up again. And we kind of look like we're going to because there was Mercedes Martinez, Diamante, and Willow Nightingale. So, yeah. I, I, and maybe Wardlow needs to go back on that show too. I know he did an interview or some sort of signing recently where he talked about CM Punk and MJF, the world champions, and kicking their ass. And, of course, everything with MJF and Adam Cole has just been sublime. I think this shows to me, because that collision rating did an amazing number for that tag team match as well. It goes to show people go, oh, funny, don't make money. We can't do goofy wrestling. Well, you can. You just need to find a way to adapt it into your storylines. And, yeah, I, I think it's all been gold. And I just want to laugh because life is hard enough. Why the hell would you want to take that? <laughs> take that out of wrestling it sounds absolutely um absolutely nuts to me also like seeing the new day back on wwe we're just jumping all over the stuff here over the place here but uh, i'm trying to remember what i was going to talk about my notes won't open so now i'm just going 
I'm going into my brain. But yeah, I'm looking forward to everything on Dynamite this week, especially because I think we'll get more matches announced for Wembley. And in fact, given that it has closed down, can I find the Dynamite preview for this week? Now, that's for August 2nd. So it would be for August the 9th. This is a fun way to spend our time together, isn't it? Of course, I knew there was a match. So we're getting the Young Bucks versus the Hardys. Now, given that we're getting the Young Bucks versus FTR at Wembley, that's got to mean something. So... <laughs> we wait and see, but I'm excited about that. I think that we're also getting the Lucha Brothers versus the Blackpool Combat Club, or was that last week? I cannot remember now. I think it is. Oh, I don't know. Hang on a minute. I can't remember now. I'm getting, <laughs> getting confused. Now, that can't be right. This article was from a month ago. What the hell is that about? Oh, that's what it is. Thank you very much. We're getting RVD versus... Uh, Luke Perry. Uh, Luke Perry, Jack Perry. Luke Perry was his dad. So some people get really mad at this kind of stuff. I just like seeing Rob Van Dam back on my TV. He he knows what he can get away with and not get away with. Again, I like the fact there's opportunities when you do get older because one day we're going to be old and hopefully that keeps the door open for us too. They'll do what they have to do. And Jack Perry getting a win against someone like RVD, I think that only benefits Jack Perry, especially if, you, if you're an old wrestling fan and you're still learning who this jungle boy is. So I'm looking forward to that. Sheeta versus Anna Jay. I love that world championship match with her and uh, Tony Storm. I like the fact it closed Dynamite, excuse me, 200. I mean, Anna Jay won't win, but you can have a good match, establish her. M. Jeff and Ann Cole are going to do something, of course. Hardy versus the Young Bucks, as we've talked about. And we have the Jericho Appreciation Society mandatory meeting, which I imagine is where Jericho will show his true colors. And finally turn his back on that group. And let's not forget that the rumoured match for All In could be Jericho versus Will Ospreay. Again, oh, I don't want that. Of course it will be good. Will Ospreay is the best wrestler in the world. And Chris Jericho has become the master of learning what he can do and what he can't do. And I totally get it. Like, even if you want to look at it this way, Chris Jericho was a pivotal part of AEW becoming what it was. He's a huge star, whether you like it or not. So if he wants to use 80,000 people, his AEW WrestleMania, to take on Will Ospreay, who I don't think he's ever fought, you know what, Chris, you do it. You have a good time. I will enjoy it. And yes, we are getting the Lucha Brothers versus Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley. No way, that's not going to be bad. Uh, they're not the Ring of Honor. No, the Aussie Open of the Ring of Honor tag team champions now. So yeah, that, that's not for, the, not for the titles. In case you're interested. No, it's not. Otherwise, I know that apparently Nick Aldis was backstage at Raw. Last night, uh, the rumor was that he is going to, or he did, a trial as a producer. And a lot of people are like, oh, what's he going to do the trial as a producer? Let's be a wrestler. Because apparently they become some weird, like, Italian, <laughs> Italian mafia guys. But I actually think it's quite smart. Because Finn, Finn, Finn Finley went back to WWE as a, uh, as a wrestler as, a, as a, uh, an agent, producer, whatever the hell we're calling it. And then they put him in matches. And I imagine they do the same for Nick Aldis. But also, you're going to earn a lot of money. And it's better to be on the bench than not on the bench at all. So I'll be happy to see it. I mean, I would like to see him have a mini run. I think he, I think with the the way that WWE approaches their talent, I actually think that Nick Aldis would benefit from that immensely. Same with Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, AEW decided not to renew Brian Pillman Jr.'s contract, which is totally fine. Again, some people get mad about this. They're allowed to do it. And you can be happy or sad about it, depending on how you feel about Brian Pillman Jr. But it does sound like he's going to be debuting at NXT later and that he's going to be in the Performance Center. I think that will help him massively. Again, what do I know? Not a lot. But I think being in that kind of environment suits the kind of wrestler he is. I think he needs a little bit more fine-tuning and focus, which is what NXT is all about. I think he's going to thrive there. I think he's going to do really, really well. So I will keep, uh, keep everything crossed. So ultimately, yeah, wrestling's just awesome right now. Even Impact's really, really good. Check out Impact. Best women's division there is, if you don't like the fact, or you don't like what AEW and WWE's doing with their women's division, which has been a talking point for a while. Eric Young is back. There's no bad thing there. 
And Lance Storm produces a lot of the matches. And as we know, Lance Storm is just the greatest. <laughs> he really is. Most underrated guy ever. I love listening to him on uh, Wrestling Observer with Brian Alvarez. Because he just approaches wrestling in a way that ne- I wouldn't necessarily do it. But he always has a great like, oh yeah, what a great point of view. So hell yeah, more power to that guy. Right, I'm going to go load up the questions and we shall answer them. And we shall start with my man Tom Talks Rubbish. Make sure you check him out on YouTube who says, if wrestling media had a forbidden door, who would you want to work with? I mean, I want to work with everybody. Like, there's this idea that what culture hates cultaholic and they hate wrestle talk and wrestle blah blah blah. I love them all, man. There's enough room to go around. Like, there's Fightful, they rock, the Wrestling Observer stuff, they rock too. Like, there are so many uh, wrestling fans out there and there's so many opinions that I would rather everyone just does really, really well and everyone makes really, really cool videos and everybody's happy and that that's my major thing. So I would work for everyone. But at the same time, I totally understand conflict of interest and how it would cause problems and so on and so forth. So I'm a happy chap. Surprise, surprise. Firebolt says, afternoon, Simon. Afternoon, my man. Do you think Adam Cole is going to win at Wembley? And if so, do you think he will turn heel to do it? I don't know. Because there's a lot of stock in that tag team. I mean, they're selling crazy, crazy merchandise, obviously doing great ratings. We've seen that. So... It's difficult. It depends what we're going to do all out, as we talked about earlier. I don't mind. If they stay friends, I think that's something different, and you're going to have to come up with a cool idea. Somebody else would have to get involved. And sure, yeah, if Adam Cole turned heel and realigned himself with Roderick Strong and maybe even, um, you know, the Kingdom guys or the Embassy guys, I get confused. Those two, They need to change those two teams' names. So I always get confused. But with Matt Taven and Mike Bennett... Then that'd be pretty badass. I mean, Adam Cole running his own faction, there's nothing wrong with that. So I think it's great that we have options. Ties back into the Jimmy Uso, excuse me, Jay Uso stuff. I like it when there's more than one thing on the table and we can watch and we can see did it work, did it not work? Because it looks sink or swim, right? As Edge told Grayson Waller, even when you sink, that's okay. It's totally fine to not everything to be brilliant as long as you rectify it and move forward. Uh, Backward Bloom says, hey, Simon, glad to see the podcast return. Me too. (laughs) We all know Bald is beautiful. Which current wrestler would you love to see sport the bald look? Have a great day, you legend. That's very nice. Well, I like the fact that Shotzi did it. I think she looks great, and I think that's really added to her character. And I think she'll actually uh, benefit from it. Uh, Who else should rock shaved head look? What a great question. I don't know. I'm, I'm frantically going through. I mean, if Miro did it, he'd become my favorite wrestler even more. So there's an option. Um, you could do a, a hair match with uh, Kenny Omega and Takeshita. That'd be quite interesting. <laughs> Just throwing out random names one. But I will go with who would really surprise people. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre should shave his head and go heel. And then also, you know, him, Seth Rollins, Elias. They wouldn't look like the same person anymore. And my sister would stop getting confused. Uh, Hibbick Stone says, Morning, Simon. Do you think WWE will let Cody hold both major titles? Win against Seth to lose at the Royal Rumble, then beat Roman at Mania. Have a wonderful day, sir. No, I don't think so. I think that would diminish his win. I think his first championship needs to be the Roman Reigns championship because that's how we finish the story. And there's every chance that the only reason I would give him the World Heavyweight Championship is if we're going into WrestleMania 40 and we are going to combine the belts. But what's the point of that? Why do we make the brand new World Heavyweight Championship? So I don't think we will do that. So no, I would hold Cody off and I'd have him win at WrestleMania 40. And I know people say, oh, that's a boring answer. Well, I always use this analogy. You don't go to a romantic comedy and hope that the, you know, the boy or the girl, the two boys or two girls, whatever it may be, kill each other. You watch it so they get together. And sometimes you do that because it's just what people want. And I want to see Cody win at WrestleMania. Nice and simple. Uh, Rick Ward says, have you ever been, sorry, have you been approached by AEW to appear at Wembley yet? So here's what I'm going to do from this point on, given that we are three weeks out. 
At the moment, there is nothing on the table. But I'm not going to answer that question anymore. And anytime people ask me, I'm just going to say no comment. Because if something does happen, I wouldn't want to spoil it. And if nothing happens, well, it's much more fun to have some fun with it. So that's the last time I'm answering that question. Maybe I'm lying to you right now, right? It's more fun that we plant this seed because, I mean, I'd have no idea what's going to happen. But I would imagine it's not going to be something that would get announced. But who knows? I have no clue. So that's it now. Anyone else to ask that question, you get a no comment and you can do with that whatever whatever you so wish. Sally Walker says, what dream matches would you like to see on the All-In card? Well, I'm quite happy with what they're doing. Like FTR Young Bucks, Young Bucks, yes. Adam Cole, MGF, yes. I'd watch Jericho versus Will Ospreay. I think that could be Jericho's last great match. And I mean that in a positive sense. Um, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Again, maybe Ricky Starks and Jay White in there. Awesome. Uh, there's probably an awesome Jack Perry match we can do that I haven't even thought about. So I just want to see the stars, man. Orange Cassidy versus John Moxie is probably going to happen. This is, you know, if I was going to come up with a crazy dream match, then yeah, Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. But that's silly. I don't think it's going to happen. So at the moment, I think in terms of making it a card that we're always going to remember, it feels like we're headed in a, in, in a really, really good direction. Uh, Antonio says, who would win in a six-man tag between the elite CM Punk, <laughs> Ace Steel, and Larry the Dog? Two out of three falls match. I'm just going to smile at that, Antonio, and move on. I think we should leave all that in the past. Juan says, with the plans for WrestleMania 40, uh, maybe being Roman Cody 2, do you think WWE should take the Rocky approach for the storyline, given that WrestleMania 40 is in Philadelphia, the same place that the Rocky and Creed movies take place? Well, I mean, you could theme WrestleMania around that. I don't think you need to go into it too hard, but absolutely, man. I mean, do the training packages and sell the story of Cody losing before. Sure, absolutely. I think that would work really well. Uh, Paco says, do you ever think WWE and AEW will do a forbidden door? No, because WWE doesn't work with other companies. They think they are the big dog, ironically, and that's always going to be the way. And you can't really fault them for it because they've been a massive success. Uh, Phil says, in an effort to push the women more, shouldn't there be a secondary belt like the US or IC? No. See, I disagree with that because I think the women's tag team titles have shown that sometimes actually serves as a distraction or as like a crutch. What I would rather do is make the two world championships feel more important, get that right, and then introduce the mid-card titles. So there absolutely should be women's mid-card titles. But don't do it now. Do it when you've got everything else rocking and rolling too. For example, Rhea Ripley should have been on SummerSlam. Ipso facto, move forward. Uh, CDC says, who is the best talent? Who is the best talent not signed to a major company? And why is it your boy Hammerstone? I mean, Hammerstone's absolutely up there. Great guy. Massive. Jacked. Awesome. Otherwise, there is Jack Cartwheel. He should be signed to somebody at some point. He's brilliant. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of people I'm not even thinking about right now. Yeah, there's no point me doing this because I'm going to forget someone and I feel bad. But there's a lot. But we'll go with those two. Uh, Hangman says, all in predictions and surprises. Well, I do think we'll do Jeff Jarrett versus Grado. And I'm all for that, by the way. I don't know why people get so uppity. I would imagine it would be on the pre-show. I would imagine it'd just be fun and games. And I think when you get to the main pay-per-view, of course you're going to get your AEW stars in AEW matches. Tony Khan isn't stupid. Anything else would just be a fun, nice little cameo. And look, look, if you don't know about Grado, he'll smash that place. So I don't understand why. I I do know because that's just what people do. But yeah, I think it's uh, it's good. I think that whole show is going to be fun. And I think that when, uh, when all is said and done, we're all going to have smiles on our faces. Omar says, when are you wrestling in Cardiff again? Hopefully soon. I would like, I had a great match for uh, Exposure Wrestling a few weeks ago. I had such a good time. I would definitely get in touch with them to see if I can do another show. It was awesome. And thank you to everyone that came out. Spooky Lou says, what kind of differences have you noticed between the UK and US scene? Locker room fans, merch, shells, environment. Well, it's hard for me to comment on because it's a little bit different now. But after a while, you get 
you know, not used to, that's the wrong word, but you get to know people in the UK because it's a small country and a lot of the same wrestlers are on the same shows. So even if you turn up and you don't know someone as a friend, you know them well enough to say hello and you feel quite comfortable. Whereas, I remember, I remember the first time I had an America match, I felt like I was back in school. I didn't know anybody. I felt that people were looking at me like, who's this guy? And I felt really, really self-conscious, which is all in my head. But it really did uh, did a little bit of a number on me. But then you soon realize that every locker room is actually completely the same and everyone was lovely and then I felt super comfortable. I mean, this is going to be dependent on shows, but I personally have sold more merchandise in America than I have the UK. I don't know whether that's a uh, regional thing or whether people are just more into me <laughs> in America. But no, I think the cool thing about wrestling is it all feels very similar, but there's something nice about that. Again, I mean it as a positive. And I just feel blessed that I've been able to, like Battle Pro Wrestling, for example. I've been back twice now, and Mission Pro Wrestling. And you just kind of feel, you know, the, you've only done it twice or three times. Because it's the same locker room with recognizable faces, you do. You feel part of the family. And I get that sounds cheesy, but there's something lovely about that. There just is. Uh, Six Size says, which feud would you look more forward to, the Elite versus CMFTR or Punk versus MJF? Well, I mean, it's it's a much of a muchness, to be honest. If we did the Elite versus CM Punk and FTR, obviously that's going to break the internet. But when we eventually do get back to Punk and MGF, which is much more, um, uh, prob- the probability is higher. Yeah, I think that's going to be super duper excellent too. This is why AEW is in good shape. Look at these things that we could do. Again, can we get the Elite and CM Punk on the same page? We don't know. But now they're in the same company. The potential is there. I'm very excited about it. Dynamite Sushi says we are closing in on 100 on the Barry Barry counter. We are. And Team Miller has a match on the 26th against Team Tate Mayfairs, or as you put, Team No Mates. What will you do if you're the 100th person thrown into Barry Barricade? Well, see, I'm very, very smart about the wrestling promotions that I work for. Progress doesn't have any barriers. So I cannot be the 100th person. But yeah, I think we're on 96 or 94. We're four or six away from Barry's funeral. And as you have listened to my podcast, it has been filmed. And it's suitably ridiculous. And I think we may have to put it at the end of Ups and Downs because it's really long. <laughs> and people will get mad at me. I think we'll put it at the end. Uh, Mr. J says the Bloodline saga affecting other wrestlers in a bad way because the title is frozen. No, I don't think so. I really don't think so as well at all. Like, I mean, I just watched that Raw from last night on the 7th. And I, I enjoyed every second. And I'm looking forward to SmackDown for, for numerous things that we're doing, like the new Bobby Lashley and uh, Street Profit stuff. Titles should be part of a story. They shouldn't be the story. Of course, they should probably be the most important one. But as long as somebody has a tale, I think all is good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm enjoying WWE very much now. Dylan says, you have the chance to wrestle for AEW All In. What would you want your showcase match to be? Well, I think genuinely, if we were going to look at it realistically, and again, it's complete spitballing here. I've got no clue. It would be awesome to be in some kind of battle royal. You get your surprise entrance. Hopefully people know who you are. That'd be my biggest worry, coming out to crickets and you cry. You have your five minutes of fun and then you either win or you get chucked out and then you know people get on with the show. I think that's good for the crowd. Obviously, it'd be the best time of my life for me. And you get a lot of other people involved too. I think that would be the best way to do it because I'm not a fool. I understand that while we would all enjoy it, the wider audience does not want to see me in a 25-minute one-on-one match with someone. And of course they don't. I totally get it. It would certainly be something... Uh, that would be more personable to us. But we will see. Fingers crossed. You never know. Shoot your shot and all of that. Fallen Prey says, if we're going to do kayfabe news again, yes, if we figure out a way to monetize it. At the moment, it doesn't make that much money, so it's difficult to justify. Uh, Tori says, every fan has that one wrestling match that made them a fan for life. What match was that for you? Austin versus Brett, WrestleMania 13. Uh, Imanol says, what do you want to see happen at All In? 
I would like to see a world title change unless they have a good idea for All Out because I think that's more important. I think it's more important that we kind of connect those two pay-per-views. But I think given that there are going to be 80,000 people and it's a massive show in my backyard, if we got to see a world championship change, I think that would just kind of cement it as a massive event. Otherwise, yeah, Punk and FTR, you could do the title change with that too. If you're not going to do a world title change, I still think that counts. Uh, what else would I like to see? Miro win the TNT title. There you go. That's what I'd like to see too. He didn't get a proper run with it first time. At least that's what I say. Savard says, do you believe Jimmy did what he did do to preserve the tag team of the Usos instead of going separately on single matches? Or was it jealousy because he wants one-on-one with Jay? Well, if he beat up his brother to try and keep the tag team going, he's a maniac. (laughs) So no, I don't think it's that. Um, Hunter says, do you think the women's tag team championships are cursed? I mean, it's hard to argue it now. Even Sonya Deville said that in her video. So yeah, probably. And Merck says, hey, Simon, love your positivity. Thanks, man. Hey, if you could go back in time and change any outcome of a match, what would it be? Also, can you blue thunderbomb my grandpappy for not liking wrestling? He says it don't hurt. Well, I'm absolutely not going to thund- blue thunderbomb your grandpappy. One, because I would never do that to anybody's grandpappy. But two, we all know the blue thunderbomb is the least devastating move in all of sports entertainment. So it wouldn't actually work. And if I could go back in time, well, look, I'm going to go with the one that just flew into my brain from nowhere, right? I wasn't even thinking about this. I think it has to be, was it SummerSlam 2010? John Cena versus the uh, versus the Nexus. I mean, it didn't help John Cena at all. John Cena would have, uh, you know, always been the guy that he went on to to be. He was already that guy, right? He was already that guy. So I just think it was silly. Who knows where Wade Barrett would be now? I don't think all of those guys would have survived. Right back was always going to be potentially difficult. But the Nexus should have won that match. And Wade Barrett should be standing tall at the end. And everybody agrees with this. Chris Jericho has said it. Edge has said it. Wade Barrett has said it. So yes, I would probably do that, but there's probably going to be another match that I'm not even thinking of right now. But I'm going to go with that one, and we can all get mad about it later. Ashley says, hello, good sir. Hear me out. To get Solo back on side, Roman teams up. Solo with Jimmy. Solo and Jimmy win the tag titles. Roman declares them the new Samoan SWAT team. I don't want that to happen. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you. Jimmy cannot go back with Roman Reigns. That will... um it will sully the story because I don't know why he would do it. It makes much more sense to just not do it, right? So I, I hope they don't do that, but I'm, I'm happy for them to do anything. And then I'll, I'll, I'll take it as it comes. So if I like it, awesome. If I don't like it, is it really the worst thing in the world if we don't like a wrestling storyline? I don't think so. And people get mad when I say that. I'm not just saying it's just wrestling. I don't agree with that either. I think, you know, there has to be a certain amount of seriousness to it. Otherwise, why do we spend all our, all our time watching it? But at the same time, there are so many other things going on in the world that I'm not going to let myself get bogged down with, with, with the crazy stuff. So if I don't like it, I just be like, meh, I don't like it. And we will move on to something else. Now, I believe that's all of the questions because X slash Twitter just does not <laughs> promote tweets anymore. Even though I pay for that stupid blue tick. I don't want to pay for that stupid blue tick, but so many of my like the jobs that I get are sponsored tweets and sponsors posts on social. So I need the extra, the extra video time, but Hey, ho, we don't need to talk about that. That's it's neither here nor there. It's just a shame what they, um, what they did. They did do to it. And I like how now I've just sort of loaded up Twitter to answer these questions and I'm being inundated be people telling me that David Raya is signed for Arsenal. I don't want to end this podcast talking about football, but I'm going to anyway. That's just mad, isn't it? What, what, what on earth happened? I may be starting an Arsenal podcast with some friends of mine. So it's nothing to do with me, but, um, 
I just find that. I find that absolutely crazy. Anyway, that's the uh, that is the end of the show. I will definitely try and drop one every Tuesday or every every Wednesday. I'm not going to pretend we're going to try and get two done a week. I would like to start recording them visually again and put them up on a YouTube channel. But today I just thought, let's uh, you know, let's just uh, let's just get them done. And, and getting them up. And I, and I do apologize. When I can talk about my news, hopefully you go, right, that makes sense. Um, I, I mean, now you anyone that lasted this long can get a bit more information. Let's just say I haven't been home that much <laughs> the last few months. And again, it's all good stuff, and I'm very, very blessed. And we'll talk about it as, um, as soon as we can. So other than that, I hope that you're doing well. Remember all the stuff that you can do. Simon316 on all of social media. GorillaMind.com for Simon. If you're into your fitness supplements, I use these. I think they're great. Patreon.com for Simon316 is how I afford to do this damn podcast. Simon Miller on, uh, what's it called? Cameo for personalized video messages. ProWrestlingTees.com for Simon Miller. And search for me on Samson Athletics for fitness and wrestling t-shirts. And I do believe that is everything. Mostly, I always appreciate people sticking by me with my crazy crazy schedule hopefully one day we can tell some good stories or even write a book would anybody buy that probably not but you never know take care of yourself my friends remember that all we have is time so use it as best as you can enjoy professional wrestling because why the flub not and i'll talk to you again very soon (laughs) 